Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Pramack. On today's show, Facebook's next act and a CEO's important message on Me Too. But first, President Trump's legal jeopardy. So for quite a while now, we've all been aware that two women were paid off to keep quiet about their alleged affairs with then-private citizen Trump. But this week, those stories were put into much sharper and more official focus through the court pleadings of former Trump personal attorney Michael Cohen and also a cooperation agreement between federal prosecutors and American Media, the publisher of the National Enquirer. In short, this is no longer about partisan bickering or fake news tweets. It's not even about the affairs per se. It's about criminal actions. Yes, criminal, despite what Trump and his cable news defenders are saying. And to borrow a phrase, it's about what the president knew and when did he know it. What we now know is that a few months before the 2016 election, the National Enquirer paid a former Playboy playmate named Karen McDougal for the rights to her story about an alleged affair. And the Enquirer and its CEO, former Trump pal David Pecker, now admit that they did so in order that the story never see the light of day, or at least not before voters went to the polls. Prosecutors believe this makes it a criminal campaign finance violation. And Michael Cohen this morning told ABC News that Trump and Pecker hatched the scheme together. In 25 seconds, we'll go deeper on this with Peter Stris, the attorney who represented Karen McDougal when she sued the National Enquirer earlier this year. But first, this. Every day, about 20 million questions are answered on SurveyMonkey. And those answers help people around the world be better at their jobs whether they want to improve their customer experience, recruit and retain a stellar workforce, or learn which ideas, products, or campaigns will be a winner. Find out why 98% of the Fortune 500 trust SurveyMonkey. Visit surveymonkey.com prorata today. We're joined now by Peter Stris, founding partner of law firm Stris and & Mahar, and the attorney for Karen McDougal in her suit earlier this year against the parent company of the National Enquirer. Peter, let's start with this. It has been a busy week, and I'm curious, did you learn anything new this week, or was it more about confirming what you already suspected? The way I would answer that is I would say that when we were hired by Karen to sue American media nine months ago, we knew very little. We knew that her lawyer had colluded with Michael Cohen and American media, but a lot of the things in terms of the extent of the involvement of, of the campaign and, and so on and so forth, you know, we were learning those things through media reports, just like everybody else. So I guess the short answer is, as each kind of step has, has happened, the things that we suspected and that we uh, in, intended to prove in the lawsuit kind of have been borne out. When you say that, there's obviously the reports coming out. And so this is, this is after the pleadings in court, which is now, I guess, two days ago. Last night, there was uh, reporting from both NBC and CNN that, that President Trump himself was the third person in the room. Was it your suspicion and your client's suspicion, not only that Cohen and Pecker colluded, but also that President Trump was actively knowledgeable about it and directing it? Yeah, well, so this is a question that we got asked when we settled the case, and the, the short answer is yes. So we filed suit on March 20th, and starting March 21st, the strategy of kind of uh, the National Enquirer and uh, the, the Trump people themselves was basically to lie. 
So um, after we filed our suit, American media's position was essentially that this was just a, a run-of-the-mill contract. So it wasn't until you know the Cohen office was raided and things started moving in a different direction that kind of their their feet were held to the fire. And recently, you know, the the deferred prosecution agreement came out where they have admitted that everything they said before is false. So you know, if you look at that agreement, what they've said is that. At no time during the negotiation did they intend to publish the story, despite the fact that there was the right to article and covers. Their principal purpose in entering the agreement was to suppress the story. They acted in concert with the campaign. So those things they've all admitted to. What National Enquirer is alleged to have done, and they apparently did do, is what's called in the apparently in the tabloid industry as catch and kill. Basically, buy a story and then don't run the story. Keep it silent. From your perspective, is catch and kill and catch and kill contract contracts that lead to catch and kill, is that de facto illegal? Or was it more, as you said earlier, the fact that her own lawyer was in on it and didn't tell her, and and thus there was a fraud perpetrated on her? Let me start by saying our representation of Karen ended when we settled with American media back in April. And that's important because what a lot of people, I think, didn't appreciate is that, you know, Karen retained us to get out of this illegal contract. And you know when we when we first filed the lawsuit there was a lot of skepticism as to what the point of the lawsuit was what Karen's motivations were now obviously 9 months later you know I think uh, you know we've been proven right in, in in all respects but I guess the reason I mention that is because you can have a debate in the journalistic community about catch and kill like whether it's appropriate you know what when is it happening in what context but for it to rise to the level of of illegality i think you have to have the the element here of coordinating with a campaign to influence an election and it's pretty it's pretty extraordinary whatever the history of catch and kill and and the national enquirer and their relationship with with uh, donald trump the things that they were doing particularly in the 2015-2016 period and the president's involvement in it, I think they're, they're fairly unprecedented. Peter, given what we are learning and, and what, what we assume we'll continue to learn is there are potentially more indictments or there's more information released both by prosecutors in New York and possibly by Bob Mueller, as you say, your representation of Karen McDougal ended, but is there any prospect or do you see a prospect of her filing suit against either the president or the Trump organization or both? Well, so I can't speak to that at all, because like I said, we were retained by Karen for a very limited purpose. Uh, What I can say, though, is that the walls are are clearly closing in on, on the president here. And so we're kind of entering into stage three, which is the who cares defense. Uh, and, and you start seeing kind of surrogates for, for the president saying and suggesting that this is like a traffic ticket and it's not a big deal and everyone breaks the law. And from, from, our persp- from my perspective and from our perspective, that's kind of the most disturbing uh, uh, of them all. And I think um, what, I, what I will say is that this is really only the beginning. I think what, uh, apart from AMI and, and, and this particular catch and kill, I suspect that you're going to see over the upcoming months more information coming out in various contexts about election law violations on the part of, of this president and, uh, and his handlers. Peter Stris, thank you very much for joining us. My final two right after this. Curiosity. It's what the best businesses out there have. It's what helps you discover the next big idea, unlock a game changer for your business, 
or just learn how to keep your customers happy and coming back for more. Turn your curiosity into action with SurveyMonkey. Get answers to your questions. Visit surveymonkey.com slash prorata today. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is the future of Facebook. Axios' Sarah Fisher reports this morning that the company is looking to aggressively diversify its revenue stream beyond display ads, which a lot of people believe are nearing saturation and getting lower engagement. That means new efforts on video ads and search ads and maybe even a commerce plan where you'd be able to say stream HBO or other premium cable content through Facebook. The bottom line, the media world is still subject to an advertising duopoly with Google and Facebook, but there's an increasing belief that Facebook's position could be in long-term jeopardy. Finally, the CEO of investment bank Jefferies recently sent a memo to company employees about the Me Too movement in light of growing complaints by some men from Wall Street to Silicon Valley that they no longer feel safe working with women. The CEO Richard Handler wrote, quote, if you don't know how to conduct yourself as a responsible, courteous and balanced human being, the fault lies exclusively with you and not with an allegedly flawed system designed to ensnare the innocent. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Grassi and Tim Shovers, have a great National Booyah Bays Day. And we'll be back on Monday with another Pro Rata podcast.